members entitled to vote 185. Number of members present and voting 173. Number of abstentions 52. Majority required 81. Votes in favor 107. Votes. Votes again. Votes against 14. Ladies and gentlemen, the General Conference has thus voted to adopt the draft resolution and decided to admit Palestine as member of UNESCO. The Palestine Liberation Organization, PLO, have for the first time ever received recognition by a UN body. Its cultural arm, UNESCO, has accepted it as a full-fledged member, even though they are not a recognized state. This is John Billington with you for this week's edition of the Bible in the News. The immediate result of this vote is that UNESCO has lost approximately 25% of its budget due to the fact that U.S. law bound the Obama administration to pull funding. The legislation enacted back in the 1990s withholds funding for any UN body admitting the Palestine territories as a full member. In a very informative article written by Caroline Glick of the Jerusalem Post, she writes the following, You have to hand it to the, Palest uh, the Palestinians. They have decided to abandon the peace process and seek international recognition for the state of Palestine. A state in a de facto state of war with Israel, and they are pursuing their goal relentlessly. This week, their efforts bore their first fruit with the UN's Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organizations, UNESCO, vote to accept Palestine as a full member. It is not a coincidence that the PLO, or the PA, decided to apply for membership for Palestine, quote-unquote, at UNESCO first. Since 1974, UNESCO has been an enthusiastic partner in the Palestinians' bid to erase Jewish history, heritage, and culture in the land of Israel from the historical record. In 1974, UNESCO voted to boycott Israel and to withhold assistance from Israel in the fields of education, science, and culture because of Israel's persistent alteration of historic features in Jerusalem. UNESCO's moves to deny Jerusalem ties, uh, sorry, to deny Jewish ties to Jerusalem and the rest of historic Israel have continued unabated ever since. For instance, in 1989, UNESCO condemned Israel's occupation of Jerusalem, quote-unquote, claiming it was destroying the city through, quote, acts of interference, destruction, and transformation. In 1996, UNESCO held a symposium on Jerusalem at its Paris headquarters. No Jewish or Israeli groups were invited to participate. Beginning in 1996, the Arab Wake on the Temple Mount began systematically destroying artifacts of the, of the uh, Second Temple. The destruction was undertaken during illegal excavations under the Temple Mount, carried out 
to construct an illegal, unlicensed mosque at Solomon's stables. UNESCO never bothered to condemn this act. It was silent, despite the fact that the Wake's instruction or actions constituted a grave breach of the very international laws related to antiquities and sacred sites that UNESCO is charter-bound to, prote uh, to protect. Similarly, UNESCO never condemned Palis uh, Palestinian desecration of Rachel's tomb, of Joseph's tomb, or any of the ancient synagogues in Gaza and Jericho which they razed to the ground. The reason for UNESCO's miscarriage of its responsibilities is clear. Far from fulfilling its mission of protecting World Heritage Sites, since 1974, UNESCO has been a partner in one of the greatest cultural, uh, cultural crimes in human history, the Palestinian and Pan-Arab attempt to wipe Jewish history in the land of Israel off the historical record. And UNESCO's crimes in this area are unending. In 2009, it designated Jerusalem capital of Arab culture. In 2010, it designated Rachel's tomb and the cave of the patriarchs in Hebron as Muslim mosques. UNESCO's campaign against Jewish history is not limited to Israel. In 1995, it passed a resolution marking the 50th anniversary of the end of World War II. Despite requests from Israel, the resolution made no mention of the Holocaust. In December 2010, UNESCO published a report on the history of science in the Arab world. Its report listed the great Jewish doctor and rabbinic scholar Rabbi Moshe uh, ben Meoman, the Meomanites, as, so they now, they now call him, I give him a Muslim name, uh, Musa ben Meoman. In light of UNESCO's virently anti-Jewish policies and actions, it is not surprising that it cooperated with the PLO PA's bid to achieve recognition of a state that is in a state of war with Israel. That's the end of the quote from Caroline Glick's article. So it is, not, uh, it is also not surprising when we open our Bible that an arm of the United Nations would be cheering at the chance to undermine Israel. Come to Zechariah 14 and we'll read verses 1 to 3. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravished. And half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord shall go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle. The battle spoken about here is the battle of Ezekiel 38, when it says in verse 15 and 16, And thou, speaking of the northern confederacy of Europe and Russia, shall come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days. We can certainly expect to see from these verses that the character of the Northern Confederacy of Nations is and will be fiercely anti-Semitic. Caroline Glick continued later in the article, she says, More surprising than UNESCO's behavior was the behavior of all but five EU member states, aside from the Czech Republic, Germany, Lithuania, the Netherlands, and Sweden. All EU member states either voted in favor of the Palestinian membership application or abstained. She later continues, uh, what the Europeans' behavior at UNESCO indicates is that just as UNESCO is willing to undermine its mission to harm Israel, so the Europeans are willing to undermine 
the declared goals of their foreign policy if doing so will harm Israel. The truth is that Almighty God is the one who has brought the Jews back to their homeland, and it is He that the nations are setting themselves up against. It is for this reason that God says in the words that we read from Zechariah that He that um, that He gathers the nations to battle, and in the words of, of Ezekiel, He puts hooks in their jaws and He will bring them forth, that He might judge them, and that's the key. He's bringing them forth to judge them. It was William Tyndale, the translator of the Bible into English in 1534, that wrote, In the latter days the people, through unbelief and a lack of fear, the fear of the judgment of the last day, shall be, even as Epicurus, wholly given to the flesh. And he showeth also how terrible that day shall be, and how suddenly it shall come, and how, at the last, men should believe nothing nor fear God at all. That is exactly what we see at UNESCO, uh, the UN, and most, if all, if not all nations, a with a, they, we see a complete disregard for any hand of God working with his people Israel. Well, what effect has this had on Israel? They cut funding to the PLO, and they put a rush on settlement building, infuriating the entire world, including the United States. That was in response to the to the uh, UNESCO vote on Palestine. Well, God has said that his people would go back to the promised land, and in particular, onto the mountains of Israel. And we have spoken about that before. It is always the case that when there is pressure put on the Jewish people, they become stronger. It is this pressure that actually kept them separate through the centuries. But recently, from the Holocaust, we got the state of Israel. The partition plan of 1947 that was drafted at the UN gave the Jews about three disjointed pieces of land, but the Arabs attacked as soon as the state of Israel was declared. The re result was that the Jews and Israel got a much larger and jointed, uh, joined uh, territory. Again, in 67, the Arabs surrounded Israel, threatened to push them into the sea, and the result is of the following war is... Israel gains more territory, including the mountains of Israel, Jerusalem, and the Golan Heights, and more. In a smaller way, it is the same story this week in the news. The United Nations united themselves against Israel and gave Israel the strength to build, and at a rush, and thus further fulfill God's promise to bring them back to the land of their fathers. I feel the following clip is, helps us understand the mind of those that are building the settlements and the real battle that is going on in the land of Israel, and especially within the mountains of Israel and so-called West Bank. This is Daniel Luria, the executive director of the Jerusalem Reclamation Project. Even further to the east, if we take another swooping shot, the mountain behind the Mount of Olives, only a few hundred meters away, of course, not in the middle of the desert, is only a few minute drive from the old city, is today called Kidmatzion, east of Zion. That empty block of land which is at the edge of Jerusalem, in the 1920s, 210 Jews bought 170 acres of land. Official title, no question. 70% of that land is today outside the borders of Jerusalem and the Arabs have built illegally the village of Abu Dis. That we don't deal at the moment. We're only concerned at the moment what's happening inside the borders of Jerusalem. 
of the 30% that remains inside the borders, we hope to build a Jewish neighborhood of 300 odd units. Today there are six families living there today as the beginning of the Jewish neighborhood, waiting for approvals, and eventually that will also happen. Because, you see, we follow a certain roadmap that we call God's roadmap. All the other roadmaps from the quartets for the European Union, United Nations, it means nothing. They can scream today till tomorrow that Jerusalem should be divided, that there should be a two-state solution. I have a message for the world, and that message is that God's roadmap is what decides. We are in the part of the redemption process and nothing is going to stop it. There are, yes, there are ups and downs. Yes, we have terrorism. Yes, we maybe have a little bit of a definition problem, how we define ourselves as Jewish people. But understand this, whoever sees this video, we the Jewish people have returned home to the Jewish homeland that God gave us, not to be divided, not to be courted, and not to be discussed by the world. If the world doesn't like it, they could not like it. This belongs to us. I find those words incredible. They get to the heart of what the world hates about Israel and are even scared of. It is easy as we live our lives in different parts of the world to forget that Almighty God is working to bring about His purpose with the nation of Israel. And as you can see, make no mistake, it is happening. Israel is destined to be a holy land and the Jews a separate people and a righteous nation. It will be the case again as it was in the past. These are words from Leviticus chapter 20, verse 22 to 26. Ye shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and do them, that the land whither I bring you to dwell therein spew you not out. And ye shall not walk in the manner of the nation which I cast out before you, for they committed all these things, and therefore I abhor them. But I have said unto you, Ye shall inherit their land, and I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that floweth with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from other people, and ye shall be holy unto me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and have severed you from other people, that ye should be mine. In today's world, even stating the declared purpose of God with Israel makes you different and separates you. In fact, Following the word of God and speaking the truth will always have a separating effect. Look at the words of Christ in John 15, 18, 18, uh, John 15, verse 18 and 19. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But ye are not of the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hateth you. So this week, as the world united in hatred against Israel and against the purpose of God, know again that the Bible is in the news. Thanks for joining us again, and please come back next week for another edition of The Bible in the News.